0: Listener Production. G'day everyone and welcome to Willow Talk. I'm Adam Peacock. Great to have your company and the company of Brad Haddon to talk about. I can't remember too many one-day matches that I've watched in history, hats, that uh, had more than what we saw between Australia and New Zealand and Dharmasala last night incredible game of cricket. Extraordinary game of cricket. And it was led by Travis Head, first ever World Cup game. He had a couple of hits with a tennis ball in Australia before he, he landed on the uh, Indian shore. So it, extraordinary game of cricket. Australia got the result they needed. Picturesque background in the Himalayas. Uh, and what better way um, to knock the Kiwis off in a close one? Yeah, uh, Travis Head nearly hit the Himalayas with a couple of these... <laughs> The, the tennis ball obviously didn't have too much tape on it because um, the way he was seeing it, the way the ball was coming onto the bat there in that one uh, prepared him well. Anyway, let's quickly spin through the scores. Warner and Head, and, and this is when Australia are really dangerous, getting off to a flyer. And a flyer they did. They were at one stage at the start of the 20th over, none for 175 before Davey Warner fell for 81. Really disappointed to miss out another ton. He is in such good nick. One shot in particular will we'll get to Hads that he hit was Dave Warner of a bygone era, basically. So he is definitely back. Travis had 109 off, 67 deliveries. Extraordinary. Uh, And then the middle order didn't quite get going. Mitch Marsh, 36. The Smith, 18. Marnus, 18. Glenn Maxwell threatened to really break it open again, but he fell for 41. Josh Inglis and Pat Cummins came together for a pretty important partnership at the death to get us to 388 all outs, best of the bowlers in terms of wickets, uh, Glenn Phillips, three for 37, Trent Bolt, three for 77 for the Kiwis, who in reply got really close and it came down to the last ball, we We're wondering if Trevor Chappell was going to kind of morph himself into Mitchell Stark and it didn't quite happen with six off the last, thankfully, otherwise uh, two nations wouldn't have talked to each other for the next 20 years, but... Uh, Conway Young didn't quite get going, but one man who did, Ratchin Ravindra. we know he's good, he is almost, well, we know he's better than good now, 116, another World Cup ton. Daryl Mitchell, 54, before falling in the deep. Uh, Jimmy Neesham, he was brought in for this match, 58 or 39, and he threatened to win it before being run out by Marnus, and it was the fielding at the death that saved Australia, particularly from Marnus uh, patrolling the boundary. New Zealand finishing six runs short. Some pretty shady bowling figures for the Australians. Uh, namely, Mitch Stark. The streak's overheads, none for 89, but it doesn't matter. Australia won the game. They found a way, but only just, mate. Yeah, it's an extraordinary game of cricket, as you said uh, in the leading. Uh, Australia in those first 17 overs were brutal. Oh, I haven't seen power hitting like that for oh, some time. Um, in Chris Gale's heyday, the, the way David Warner was playing, picking up length, attacking that short side. This is like he's in career best ball. He looks like he's been waiting for this World Cup. He's just been treading water to this moment, and, and he's been extraordinary. And off the back of that, Travis Head, after having an extended um, break out of the game, second ball he hit straight over mid-off. It wasn't any time to get himself in. Then the second over to Henry, couple of no balls, hit three sixes, and Australia away. There, there was no controlling what they would do, and that's the one thing you have to do against New Zealand. You, you've got to blow their computer up. That they're, they're really predictable in, in what they do and, and really structured in how they use their bowlers, when they change their bowlers up, and, and that's a good thing at times. But if a team like Australia go off the way they do, all of a sudden their computer blows up, and they didn't have a, an answer for those first 20 overs. Was it the conditions as well, Ads? You know the ground pretty well um, from IPL and, and Australian representation, like the, the thinner air up there, I know, more relaxed, if you know what I mean, atmosphere. I was, what, what? What is it? Is it purely a coincidence that Head and Warner reunite and this happens, or is the conditions playing a part there? Oh, they've done it consistently for the last 12 months. We, we just haven't seen, we've forgotten how well Travis Head's been playing because We've had Mitchell Marsh um, finding some form at the top of the order. It's a small ground. Um, it's a really good surface to bat on. Um, it got a bit harder to, to to play later in the innings when the ball got old. But you got to remember, New Zealand won the toss. Um, they thought there's going to be a bit in the surface that the ball might have swung around with the cooler conditions early. Um, but but that wasn't to be. Australia didn't allow that. Um, yeah, and this probably the smaller ground and just two batsmen in. I think Dave Warner is playing as well as he's ever played in the white ball cricket. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue. There was that one shot I um, alluded to earlier that he he rocked back and and slapped over mid wicket. That was, I mean, remember that T twenty that he made his name. Oh, you knew him before, obviously. You knew him as a sixteen year old bit of it on an international scale at the MCG. It was everything was over mid wicket, and that was reminiscent of of that. It's almost like he he picked the line before the ball came out of the bowler's hand. So. No, he uh, he was flying, 28 balls it took him for his half century. Travis outdid him with 25 deliveries, um, equal fastest for Australia at a Men's World Cup with Maxi and Alex Carey. We're 118 after 10, um, one short of the highest power play score in World Cups. Travis got dropped a couple of times It took advantage, got to 100, and but then the first wicket falls at 175 and it, it all, did it come to a screeching halt or did, or did something happen to the wicket? Glenn Phillips bowled pretty well with his... These low, skiddy ones. Yeah, New Zealand took a pace off with, with Glenn Phillips. They brought their spinners into the game. Uh, Phillips attacked the stumps, didn't allow Australia any pace. But it, it was strange batting from Mitchell March. So he'd come in off the back of that extraordinary partnership. And his role in the team is to play a high-risk and up-tempo game. And, and it looked like he was taught, but between, taught between two game styles, where just to get the ones and, and consolidate or go hard and and in the end, he probably picked the the wrong style. Steve Smith, if they needed someone to to rotate the strike. Um, that that's his role in the middle. But Mitchell Marsh's role is to be brutal, uh, and, and he just stalled the game a little bit there. He he got himself frustrated in the end and and got out bowled by by Sentner. But yeah, he he got his style um, completely wrong in in that scenario there, where he should have just kept going, tried to hit Phillips out of the game. If he hadn't got out at that stage, so be it. You had Marnus and Steve Smith control those middle overs. Uh, but, yeah, they just got it wrong a bit again in that middle order. What would you rather be, Hats? Um, Mitch Marsh go Burko and, and you know, he might do a maxi like uh, happened a couple of games ago and got out get out first ball by trying to hit the ball to the moon? Or would you rather Smith and Labashane come in and, and Mitch come in at the, the tail? Well, I think the game was set up. You, you had, at that stage, you had Mitch Marsh could come in and just take the game on. Um, you had who um, at the other end at that time you had Travis Head who was going. And, and I think there was a scenario set up for for the both of them just to keep going. Um, New Zealand were in shock. They had no answers. They'd gone to Phillips, who in the end did a really good job with three for 30. But I think Marsh could have played a role and actually tried to hit Phillips straight out of the attack. If he hits Phillips out of the attack down his first couple of overs, it, they're done for answers. But it, it, they wanted someone just to to work the one and feed the strike to the the batsman on strike head well with Steve Smith Um, that that's what he's he's known for he gets off strike uh, and in the end he he probably got out frustrated trying to play the role Mitch Marsh should have played uh, and and haul out at uh, mid off so yeah in the end it worked out um, okay with uh, Maxi Camo and Inglis playing a couple of cameos at, at the end but they still got that middle order um, style very wrong. Yeah. Um, it was good to see Pat Cummins actually at the end, traditionally, or well, not traditionally, but it's it's been more the case that Mitch Stark is the one to throw the bat towards the end and, and get out an important 20 or 30. But this time it was Pat, which got gets us to 388 in response. And this is where Australia wobbled, I'm well, not a little, but we're, we're a little concerned that we're not running through teams. It's happened once, and India still got us in the end, but our, our opening bowlers, um, making a dent immediately didn't quite happen again, Hans. Yeah, I, I, I know it looks like a concern on the outside. I, I'm actually not too worried about it. I, I know these three fast bowls, they're, they're season campaigners. Um, as the tournament goes on, that they're, they're going to play a bigger and bigger role. Oh, I thought Hazelwood was good. Um, I thought Paddy Cummins was was good also. And and on that sort of surface, New Zealand are going to throw cautious to the win early. That They're, they're going to take the game on. There, there wasn't much... Um, swing or sideways movement. So you've got to expect a uh, a bit of tap from your better bowlers because they had to play a high risk game. So I'm not worried about um those three bowls. I think they'll come good at the at the right time. The tournament they've they've done it over and over again. But maybe they can tinker a little bit with the new ball. Um, give give Kamalga um with, with the new ball. But yeah, they'd, they'd like more wickets up front. But I'm not too concerned with that. When you when you post a total like that, is there a little level of oh, almost comfort to say, ah, you know, we've got a bit in the bank here. We can. It's not ultra urgent, you know. What I mean, it's a subconscious thing. Of course, the last thing you hear from the, the captain or whoever before you go out is, "Come on, guys, let's concentrate, let's continue dominating." But is there a subconscious thing that's to say, ah, if they if they start whacking away, they've still got three hundred to win. At one stage, yeah. There's the other way to look at it as well. It was a really good surface, so you knew exactly what New Zealand were going to do. They're going to come really hard at the start because it's the best time to to play. Um, where we got a couple of uh, Conway um, and Young reasonably early, they're just not in the first few overs. What you expect from some of the quality of M- Mitchell Stark, but yeah, in those scenarios, you know they're going to come hard. You know they've got short short boundaries. Uh, the the surface is not very favourable for, for the bowlers. So, yeah, it's it's one of those scenarios where you, you've just got to find the best d- defensive way to get wickets, and sometimes that's to shut one side of the um, ground off and, and get the batsman frustrated. The ball wasn't swinging much, so there wasn't much there on offer. So, yeah, it's just one of those things. Yeah, Mitch Stark, um, as I mentioned, wicketless for the first time ever, I think, at a World yep. Cup game, or the, the streak the Streak's over. Has been going for a very long time. is over, and... But he did contribute uh, one great catch um, to uh, to get rid of Conway, which was very important at the top, and then a, another handy one to get rid of Young. But um, did you have Ravindra, Ravindra in your team of the uh, tournament so far? No, nah, it was hard to play someone like Virat Kohli. I had Virat Kohli at number three. So Ravindra, he just keeps performing. Um he, He's got. Would right. you have him in now? Well, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, <laughs> I tell you what he he, he does. You're you worried at times when young guys come into these big events that they get spooked by the occasion. Yes, you see one score and um, and, and then all of a sudden teams start to work them out. But he's got runs against England, England India, and Australia. And last night he he was class um, for for someone so young um, to have the maturity to to play the way he did. He he goes through his gears well. Um, he picks the right bowlers to to target when needed to. So he's he's in the find of the the World Cup so far, and and they needed someone. In New Zealand with we, no Kane Williamson in that team, uh, they needed someone to step up. and And young it has been all class, and, and and to get runs against the the stronger nation shows got a bit about him. Yeah, his terrific. Knock of one hundred and sixteen uh, ended when he was caught by Marnus Labashane, who was outstanding in the deep off Pat Cummins. He was actually dropped, uh, caught and bowled off Maxi on a hundred, but. It got New Zealand to within striking distance and then Jimmy Neesham starts coming out and, and going, uh, going nuts. And were you, were you concerned at the end there, Hats, when it, um, when it evened up? We'll, we'll put it this way. Was there ever a point where you thought Australia were favoured to lose? There, there wasn't this time. Uh, and I can say that with hand on, on heart. I just thought we're taking wickets consistently enough at, at the end. I know Jimmy Nisham, uh played well. There's a couple of times I think Neesham took the one at the wrong time. Uh, he, he gave Bolt the strike where he could have gave himself two or three balls to to clear the boundary, and that sort of put my my mind at ease a, a little bit. I was a little nervous, so maybe when Stark bowled that five wides, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then, but I, I thought the theatre was that was outstanding. But yeah, Nishan played well. I thought Australia always had it in the bag. Yes, it was a close game, but. um. That, that's a mammoth total to to try to run down. That they gave Australia a little bit of a scare, a light that they had to bowl under pressure. Um, that that's good leading into the the back end and the business end of the tournament. But I never really felt like New Zealand were going to run them down. Yeah, right. It's just because you don't like New Zealand very. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> He didn't have that feel for it that. Oh, we're in, we're in trouble. It just always looked like well, that's those ten runs too much, uh, and, and they couldn't find a way in that. That last few overs have had that really, really big over to to bring the the equation back in their favour. So it was a great run chase. Um, New Zealand, are a team that don't go away, um, they they bring you down to to their level at times to to play. They get you into it in, into an arm wrestle. My um, thought Australia's style uh, against the the Kiwis was outstanding. Um, they're a very predictable team, as I said at the top, and and once Australia took them on, um, all of a sudden bowling changes were a lot different. They they're, they're very predictable in where they bowl their bowlers and how they bowl their bowlers, and that had to change last night because of the brutal nature of the way we played. I was worried when we could only have four out for that last over. Uh, that's when I came, and you're right with the, the five wides, it was concerning. And it could if, if they do that again, they could only have four out because of a slow over overrate. That could come back to bottom in the backside in a, in a bigger game to come. He could. I'll throw a different scenario at you. You know, during the big bash where they have the power surge, yeah. that, that's one of the, the highest rating wicket um, periods of the game where where batsmen see the extra fielders um, in the ring and try to go harder and wickets fall. So I, I know it's a bit different scenario to to that Australia got their overs uh, slow that to bring one in, but yeah, as I said, I, I didn't feel nervous um, at, at all. In other games I have, um, through the World Cup, um, this game I just saw we had things under control. Even though it was carnage going on, I just didn't think New Zealand had the firepower um, at both ends to get us. Well, there was they do have Manus to thank, though, and it's it's good to see, given what happened early in the tournament, that fielding has become such a, a critical factor for Australia in a positive way because there, there was one where Manus got to it and... I, I think it was Ricky in the, the Ricky Ponding in the like he would have been the proudest man of all, um, Ricky Ponding seeing fielding like that. But he said that he, if it was anyone else, just about anyone else in world cricket, it's it's four, but Marnus somehow got to it and then he um played a big role in, in getting rid of Nisham with the, the great throw to Josh Inglis, who chucked in a bit of gymnastics to get back to uh the stumps to get rid of Jimmy Nisham. Yeah, you see that the play Marnus made where he died and saved the, the boundary and he, he got the ball back in. But i tell you who needs credit there is the captaincy as well because if you had a look on the boundary, you, you had Steve Smith, Marnus, and Glenn Maxwell. So they're, they're, they're little 1% decisions that people can gloss over, and we're seeing England do that at the moment. Their they're, they're smarts and their cricket at the moment have, have, haven't have been great, but what they did, they had the right people in the right um, position. So that those, those plays don't happen by fluke. They're, they're well planned. Uh, Manus was in that spot because he's as good as anyone um, in the outfield, the energy he, he gives. But he also reads the batsman really well, and, and we've seen that in that scenario there. So the, the little things were on point, uh, and that's a pleasing thing for Australia moving forward. They would have got a fair blast um, after the first couple of games with the standard they were feeling. That was a real attitude thing. But at the moment, their attitude's spot on. Um, their feelings are on point. And even decision-making to have the right people in the right spot made a big difference in those moments. You mentioned England there, Hats. Um, Just a shout out to our English friends. I don't know if they listened to this after the Ashes. They might've unsubscribed. Come back. Come on. If you have, come back because so much to talk about English cricket at the moment. Oh, please come back. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what about that? That is, is, is that an end of an era? Have they planned wrong? Um, is there um, unsettledness in, in the camp? Because th- this team has been as brutal as any team in the last five years. i tell you what it does do. It makes you think with no Anderson, no Broad for the next Ashes, who the hell are going to take 20 wickets in a game five times in a row against Australia? Because Mark Wood has been like nowhere this series. Chris Wokes has, you know, there's talk that he should be bin from, from the side as well. It just has not happened for England with the ball. And they find themselves bottom again after the Dutch beat Bangladesh. Yeah, it, it's a, Chris Wokes is a really good example. Of, I think where England's at. He, he's a great performer in English conditions. Uh, you, you just have to look at his record. It's so lopsided to when he travels. Um, and, and he's coming to, to this series and What's happened is he's been predictable this is what's happened to him throughout his career he hasn't played good cricket abroad these wickets aren't going to help someone who who bowls like Chris Wokes but England knew that England knew that coming into this into this tournament so they've second guessed themselves a lot uh the the game against uh, I think it was South Africa where they they dropped all their all-rounders um left them out Curran, uh Livingston that they all um missed miss miss a game then the next game they come back so It looks like they're just second-guessing their style um, of a team that that had everything under control for the last four years with the the brutal way they play. Yeah, well, everyone's getting a game, I guess, on this tour for for England and they're bottom at the moment. Uh, Australia, by the way, consolidate that spot in the top four, and there's a little gap now, uh, even though Sri Lanka have a game in hand and Afghanistan have a game in hand as well. Um, It's South Africa on top ahead of India, and then New Zealand, Australia on 8 and then it's back to Sri Lanka on four, England on two. So there you go. Um, net run rate, though. our Net run rate, explain to me this, Hats. We win a game and our net run rate goes down to 0.97. I can't answer that, actually, Adam. I, no. I, can, I can give you, maybe we need Duckworth Lewis for that to uh, give us some sort of clearer picture of, of what that looks like. But uh, I'd say the biggest game now is Sri Lanka-Afghanistan. If Sri Lanka win that one, all of a sudden, um, New Zealand had a tough run um, in the next few games. So yeah, that that Sri Lankan team could just sneak in or Afghanistan. We'll be back in a moment with some, um, well, they're harsh words, in fact, from Ricky, the perfectionist, Ponting. So talking more about Australia's uh, narrow, but well, satisfying win over New Zealand and Brad Haddon is with me, and um, there was no such thing as an unsatisfying win for uh, Bradley Haddon against New Zealand, let me tell you right now. So <laughs> they would have enjoyed that one. But Ricky Ponting had had an issue. He goes, the batting through the middle order for Australia was deplorable. Now, this is taking into account that Lockie Ferguson went off as well with an Achilles problem, so he wasn't there. But Ricky just went to town on uh, a middle order, wants more from them. Yeah, yeah, I understand where he's coming from. Um, if you had a look at the way we started um, and the way Marnus and Mitch Marsh played during those middle overs, we, we just haven't got our formula right yet. That We're not quite sure on how we want to play. Do we want to go all guns blazing, continue to take the game on um, and then just let the game pan out with our hitters at the end and and go all out of tackle? Or do we want to use a bit more batsmanship with the likes of Steve Smith going at a runner ball? playing the ball on, on its merits and, and not trying to be so gun-ho in those middle overs. So I, I can understand where, where he's come from there, there, Ricky, because the, the Mitchell Marsh one and Marnus that they both are a bit lost in, in what they were trying to do, but that's something they can clear up. Uh, and we need to do it fast. It's been a bit of a trend um, for some time now, our middle overs. Um, so... Yeah, they got to maybe get Ricky. Maybe get Ricky in and, and have a chat. He, he's got fresh eyes. He, he's just arrived on, on ground now. They have got five days off or more between the next game and and pick his brain about what he's seen. Because at the moment, that it just looks like we're, we're confused in, in those middle overs of, of what we're trying to do. And and once we fix that up with our brutality at the top and and what we're seeing with our power at the end, um, will we'll be a hard team to um. Um, beating these semi-finals, but we, we just haven't got our balance right in those middle overs will ricky be available i mean he's probably got some other games to call and i don't know about the golf situation in india i know there's not many greyhound tracks i'm pretty sure but um the, the golf situation might do that plan in well i know the middle order like a game of golf uh, by ricky ponding <laughs> the- a, a, a beer and a golf and, and have it ch- have a chat to him on on 18 holes um but it, it, it's just they just look a little bit lost with the style of game they're trying to play in those middle overs, and, and they've got enough data and and they've seen enough cricket now to to know what they're going to expect in in those overs. It's probably also just about clearing the roles up of of, of everyone in the team. I, I've seen Steve Smith come out uh, before this game and said he was shocked to be moving from three. Um, he averages fifty five there, uh, but the style of game that Australia are going to play, they, they look like they're going to go hard in those one, two, and three, and play a high-risk game. It's just that they got a little bit hazy yesterday, I think, with what their role was. So, yeah, Pat Cummins, though, he he sounded like a kid who just got back from Disneyland. That was awesome. Sometimes I had to remember I was in the middle of a cricket field not a spectator. Well, I don't know how awesome it was when he was hurting his neck when seeing the ball go over his head a few times from the Kiwis, but uh, in the end they got the result. And Jimmy Neesham on the parallels between his run-out and to the run out in the super over of the 2019 World Cup that um, he was involved there, obviously, and this was the uh, the drawn final. Um, no one lost. No one won. It was just a draw. I don't know why they didn't split the trophy in two and give half each. But anyway, that's that's trying to reinvent history, isn't it? And um, Jimmy said, actually, that was the first thing I thought of when it was coming off. It's going to look very, very similar to Paul Bloke. Anyway, can't help bad luck. All oh. right. I don't feel sorry for you, But uh, the one thing about that, <laughs> you <laughs> bastard, <laughs> uh, It is, minus Labiche a couple of balls before did the same thing. He, he picked the ball up and he threw to the keeper's end. And Mitchell Stark sort of stood there and gestured to to come the non strikers. But it, it was a really smart play to go to uh, Nisham's end. He was on the back foot from hitting. Um, the the guy the non striker was backing up a long way, so he was in and out. He he would have got back. So. Manus to perform that under pressure and make a decision under pressure in the heat of the game uh, is a good sign for us too. But I don't feel sorry for, for New Zealand. There's a shock up there with the sun rising in the east today. Some stats, had So producer Sam's been hard at work here and there's a few stats out of this one. Let me tell you, first time a team has scored 350 plus in three consecutive innings. It's a good one to have. Most runs in any world cup game ever. 771. It's an even better one. Um, Australia, it's twenty six as the most in any men's one-day innings ever. Uh, Stark streak, as mentioned, it's over. Sad stuff. Nearly a, none for 100 as well for, for Mitchell, unfortunately. But uh, anyway, he'll, he'll bounce back. He's, he's that good. And only two players, this is a really good one, only two players have two World Cup hundreds by the age of 23. Ratchin Ravringer now and the man he was kind of named after half named after Sachin Tendulkar it's a good list to be on Made great list and as we said at the top of the show uh, he's a young guy showing a lot of maturity he's he's getting runs against the big teams uh, it wasn't a one off the, the first hundred he did he, he's getting them under pressure so he's going to be a player to, to watch for some time now we'll be back on Tuesday uh, we've got our special longer edition of Willow Talk uh, we'll be talking about the World Cup we'll be talking about England We'll be talking about the shield cricket scene, which, Hads, we'll be talking about New South Wales. I'll leave it for no, now. That won't take long. Uh, and we'll talk about WBBL, and we'll talk to our special guest. We got him, Hads. <laughs> Ryan Harris is coming. Oh, I can't wait. He's one of my all-time favorite cricketers. He's a great storyteller, uh, Ryan Harris. And I know he's looking for a bit of payback from myself and Mitchell Johnson, so... Good. I can feel a stitch-up coming with Ryan Harris, but oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Oh, I won't stir the pot much. Not at all. No, you don't. You don't. Not at all. You're so uh, neutral, are you? meant to be on my side. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Mm. Uh, looking forward to yeah. Tuesday. And uh, has, have a good rest of the weekend, mate. And we'll catch you on Tuesday with Ryan Harris. Mate, go to the Aussies. Yeah. Great game of cricket, that one. That was Willow Talk, as mentioned, back on Tuesday.